This is Derek and Donna back at the Ancient Pathways. Hello, everyone. And it's good to be back. Yes. We're finally back. Yes, and we're yeah. back. And uh, you're back. And here we are. <laughs> Today's podcast is from the Servant Series. Yep. And this is part four. And um, this is the final installment of the series. But we're taking a slightly different approach today. Mm-hmm. We're looking at moving from servants to being God's friends, but looking at a modern-day parable Mm. that also brings out the servant and the master. Yep. But in this particular instance, it's from a movie that we've both seen called Knives Out. Yes. uh, Which is a great movie if you haven't seen it. Uh, Check it out. That's worth a watch. But to give you a bit of a synopsis of what took place and then uh, look at some of the characters that are highlighted in that and draw out some mm. of the uh, the spiritual truths that uh, relate to this journey. So and, we would uh, suggest yeah. that if you haven't seen the movie, either don't care about that and keep listening or see the movie and then listen. Yeah. Because <laughs> otherwise consider this a spoiler alert. So um, just a bit of a synopsis on the movie without giving the actual plot away. I've just kind of written this up so I can read it for you all out there. Um, So there's a wealthy widower and father named Harlan, and he's an old man, he's old age. He has a daughter and son and grandchildren and a daughter-in-law, and he lives in his mansion with all of his family except for one rogue grandson called Ransom. Grandson called Ransom. Grandson. Grandson called Ransom. (laughs) Yeah. And if you know the movie, you'll get my joke about going ransom. Um, So Harlan is sick and he requires medical attention on a daily basis. So he's hired a nurse and her name is Marta. And Marta looks after him faithfully all the time. Um, She's always at the house taking care of his needs. And in her own words, he actually needs a friend. So he sort of extends this hiring relationship and he hires her to be with him just for company, just for the friendship as well as the nursing. And um, and she's an illegal immigrant and she goes home to her mum and her sister and they're illegal immigrants, but that's not common knowledge as far as she knows. Mm. Um Harlan's family are really spoiled and mm. they're and they're self-seeking and they live off Harlan's wealth in various ways for each individual. Um, they use his wealth and his generosity to build up their own lives and to build up their reputations and to build their own nest eggs. Harlan dies and a detective is brought in by an anonymous source to investigate the death and mm. that's where the whole drama of the story is played out that yep. we won't go into. Yep. Yep, so we don't, yeah, no. <laughs> spoil it for you. Yep. But upon his death, Harlan leaves everything he owns, including his house, which is the most prized possession, coveted by the family, to Marta. Mm, that he, is a spoiler. Yeah. He, yeah. <laughs> That's the... What's, yeah. That is a spoiler. Sorry, thanks. <laughs> we did spoil it for you. <laughs> so 
So he leaves her everything. Um, she's as shocked as everybody else in the family. They're completely horrified, as you can imagine. And they do all in their power to persuade her to do what they think is the right thing and give them what they consider is rightfully theirs. Mm. So Marta's really left in a dilemma of, um, you know, she's torn. She's torn between yeah. what Harlan's done yes. in leaving everything to her in the will. She's torn between, you know, with the family because they're a big family and they've kind of been friendly to her, you know, on their terms. So mm. she's got this sense of... Well, this doesn't what, seem right. What this do isn't I do? fair. Yeah. And then her own, her own sort of place of trying to work out what's right and what's wrong. Yes. So even though she's persecuted and attacked, as she wrestles also with her own grief, because you know they've spent a lot of time together. Mm. So um, she's coming to terms with her own grief and her own shock. There's a turning point for her, and that's when she looks at a portrait of Harlan. Mm. up on the wall, and when she looks into his face, she remembers that this was his wish, mm. which has come out in his will. So in her devotion to him and his wishes, his will, she does not give up the inheritance, but she takes it as her own yeah. because it is what he wanted. Yeah, so she fulfills his dying wish in yes. that sense, doesn't she? Yes, that's right. Yeah. So the three, so that's just a general synopsis on it. You might already be picking up on some great pictures in there of, of Christ mm. and the church and the house of God and all of that. Um, but the, so there's the three main characters that we're going to Used today as a as a springboard into this topic. Mm. Um, main character is Harlan, and we're using him as representing God. Secondary yep. character is Marta, and we're using her as the, uh, representing the servant-hearted church. Yep. And then there's the family, and that's representing really everything that is opposite to Marta. Yeah, exactly. In the opening scene, there's a picture of a mug. And, you know, like all good mugs have, they have some form of caption on the side of it. It says, my house, my rules, my coffee. <laughs> and so yeah. that really, you know. It kind was, of sets you up for the, for the attitude, for, it, the, for the story, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. And I won't tell you. Well, I may tell you a little bit later on. We've spoiled a number of things for you now anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> it had matter. to happen. <laughs> it had to happen, but I'll tell you a little bit more about that as, the, as we go on. Um, but in terms of Harlan, I mean, looking at, like Donna said, you know, the three main characters that we're looking at. So Harlan Thromby, his uh, characteristics, he, he was a house owner or the master of the house. Mm -hmm. He chose Marta. It's also said of, of Harlan that he was one of the best mystery writers of all time. Mm -hmm. So that's mm -hmm. very interesting. Mm -hmm. um, he enjoyed Marta's company. He trusted Marta and also... Harlan demonstrated characteristics of mercy. His judgment and his discernment mm. about people mm -hmm. was very keen, probably because of his mystery writing. He was a good judge of character. Yeah. Um, he demonstrated wisdom in his decisions and the way that he went along and looked at each of these characters. Yeah. So, yeah. And then the family's characteristics, uh, like I said before, they were everything opposite to Marta. Um, they were selfish, they were self-seeking, they were deceptive on a myriad of levels. Mm. They were opportunists. Um, their loyalty was false to Harlan. Yeah, that's it was, right. It was on, you know, they had an agenda yep. all the time, had yep. this hidden agenda and it was all very false. Yep. They were greedy. They, yeah, they had selfish ambition. They lied. Uh, they were really critical and judgmental of Marta. Mm. 
Um, they put themselves first and they were just this great throng of voices, you know, mm. accusing voices and just, yeah, not nice. Nice on the outside with all the pleasantries, mm. but there was all these agendas and mm. things. So for Marta, when I say they were everything opposite to Marta, so looking at Marta as mm. as a shadow and type, which is what we're doing, mm. Shadow and type of uh, the servant-hearted church. Yeah, so she was servant-hearted. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, very selfless. Yeah. Yeah, didn't uh, seek praise at all. She was very quiet, very humble. Yeah, she just got about the business of looking after Harlan. She yeah. didn't get involved in any of the politics and family dynamics. She no. was just doing what he required of her. She was taking care of his interests. Yep, she was faithful and all of that, loyal to him yep. to a fault. And even in the crux of the drama that we're not going to reveal, mm. her loyalty is shown when she goes with what he says. Yeah, yeah, exactly. When maybe she could have known better. Yeah. But she goes with what he says. Yeah, but yeah, that's just pointing to her loyalty. Yeah, exactly. Um, but he, he also confided in her a lot too. Exactly. And so therefore he saw her as a very trustworthy person. That's right. She just has this inability to lie. And when yeah. she does lie mm. or tells something of a, even a slight Don't mistruth, something tell. takes place. <laughs> There's this physical reaction. I won't say what it oh. is. Um, but, yeah. Uh, yeah so, and so she was his confidant. He could share his secrets with her. Yeah. Even, you know, they might just be sitting, spending time together without talking, but he would then... Yeah, revealed to her things and his plans, mm. things that he had on his mind. Um, yep. And that was another thing was just seeing that they spent time together yeah. and they obviously were so comfortable with each other because they didn't have to talk. Mm, that's true. Um, yeah, so they enjoyed each other's company. They played games together. Mm. And yeah. even when everything went wrong as well, I'm just thinking of Marta's character and everything was against her, mm. and all the knives were out, mm. as, which is the title of the movie. <laughs> she didn't defend herself, mm. and she always told the truth. She was obedient because she just did what he required mm. of her. Um, but there was just that real trust. She was completely trustworthy. Absolutely, yeah. She loved him. There was that real sense of friendship yeah. that between them both that had developed, and that's what Harlan really wanted. Yes. And so obviously his choice of the one that he hired mm -hmm. as the servant to him mm -hmm. was accurate because Marta actually did become a good friend. A true friend. Yeah. Exactly. So the thing that stands out for us in looking at this as a modern-day parable uh, is that the friendship was born out of her being that faithful servant. Yeah. And that's just something that, as we've been doing the servant series, we see as the progressive kind of relationship mm. for us with the Lord. Yeah. Is that as we become his servants through the servant living inside of us, mm. it's out of that place that a true friendship can be formed. Mm. Yeah. Equally, within the natural realm, when we're forming friends, it's, it's based on history, isn't it? Mm. It's based on the interactions between people and there's yeah. this trust developed, yeah. you know, and then friendships are formed as a result of that. Yeah, so. that's right. So what does friendship with God look like? Well, Jesus said in John fifteen twelve to 15, he says, My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. If you are my friends, you'll do what I command. 
I no longer call you servants, because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends, for everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. Mm, yeah. In the scriptures, there's only one person in the whole Bible that carries that title, mm-hmm. friend of God, mm-hmm. and that's Abraham. Mm-hmm. You know, so like yeah. Jesus right there and then called his disciples, I no longer call you servants, but I call you my friends. Mm-hmm. So what was it in mm-hmm. Abraham? Mm-hmm. And maybe we can find some sort of correlation yeah. between Abraham and Jesus now calling us his friends. Mm-hmm. In Psalm 105, 42, there's a reference to Abraham being God's servant, but also in Isaiah 41, 8, there's a reference there to Abraham being God's friend. Mm-hmm. So he was both a servant and a friend. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that correlates to that scripture in John there where you just read that, yeah. um, you know, I no longer call you servants, I call you friends. And so there's this, there's almost like this progressive thing, like you said at the very start, a true friend to God emerges from being a faithful servant. Yeah. And that's the whole crux of what we're seeing, this development or this process of where God is taking us on. Yeah. You know, from this place of faithfulness, in this place of developing qualities as a servant to God. And coming back, I just want to ensure that, you know, for our listeners, if you haven't listened to parts one, two or three of our servant series, go back and have a listen to those because it really puts it in context Mm. when we're talking about a servant. Mm. Immediately within Western Christian thinking, we think of doing rather than communing. And we're talking about communing yes. rather than doing. Yes, the doing will come, but it's the communing first that where this service is really finds its roots. Yes. Where we're really knowing Christ in the spirit yes. and communing with Christ in our spirit. And it's out from that. Mm. That's where we're coming from. And can I just say on that, that mm. in the movie, Harlan and Marta spend a lot of time together in his study. Mm. And it seems like nobody else enters the study. That's his place. That's his where it's not his bedroom. It's just where he loves to hang out. And Mm. it's obviously his own place. It's up, you know, three floors, hidden up some stairs, cases and things away from the rest of the house. Mm. But Marta hangs out in there with him, obviously at his request because (laughs) she's his friend. That's right. Um, And that's just a beautiful picture of just what you're saying. Yes. It's like the meeting place is in our spirit. Absolutely. So it's there that the Lord has mm. made that room. He's made himself a study yes. within his people for us to hang out with yeah, him exactly. and to enjoy him and to just be friends with yeah, him. That's yeah. right. That's the beautiful reminder is that, you know, this whole thing is about us knowing him mm. in spirit. Mm. The, the servant thing doesn't go away like no, what you're saying. No, it doesn't. Because it's right. Uh, again, the movie, she's obviously his friend and mm. hanging out with him in the study, but she's still his nurse. That's right. So she's still doing, carrying out his wishes and yes. caring for him. And those verses that I read in John 15, mm-hmm. um, I, th- I think it's important to notice because it was a question for me at one point, well, are we his friends or his servants? You know, But mm. when we read those verses in John 15 and Jesus says, I no longer call you servants but friends. Well, then in verse 20, after that, he says, Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. Mm. So he's just said to them, I no longer call you servants, but I call you friends. Yes. 
But then straight after that, he says, remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. Exactly. So he's still yes. calling them his servants. Yes, that status still remains yeah. with them. Yeah. It's not lifted, but it's like he's drawn them into a closer yes, place. that's right. And uh, so it's no longer call you servants, but I call you friends, mm. but we're still his servants. Exactly. One, one doesn't leave. It's like that process of our transformation and deepening into this place of friendship. Yeah. As you said before, it's sprung out of this place of where God has taken us to in becoming a servant, mm. in, be- in meeting with him mm. in spirit and knowing him in spirit. And there's this sense of taking us beyond that yeah. and furthering that. So. Yeah, deepening that, bringing there's a real intimacy. Yeah. Yeah. Quote by T. Austin Sparks, he says, Among the various titles by which Christians were called in the New Testament, surely the most wonderful is that given by the Lord Jesus, you are my friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so coming back to Abraham, Good old Abe. friend of God, but we look into Abraham's life as the example of friendship. You know, there's a number of qualities that were present. He believed God. You know, and it was credited to him as righteousness, as the scripture says. That's what he's famous for, isn't it? It is, yeah. yeah. So there's this, uh, you know, as the um, one of the heroes of of the faith, Mm. uh, he obeyed God as a result. Mm. From that, he served God. He placed God first. He trusted God. He was loyal to God. N.T. Wright says that faith reveals a deep loyalty and devotion and allegiance more so Mm. than just a belief. It says that God appeared to Abraham and um, where God made that covenant with him. And he said, go to a place that I will show you. And he left not knowing where he was going to. Yeah, that's full on. And so Mm. that was the commencement of Abraham's journey. We all know that story. He left that familial loyalty. Yeah. And he didn't allow that to get in the way of his obedience to God. Yeah. Yeah, so the obedience in God's eyes is paramount to being Mm. a friend if we're going to use Abraham as as the example. Mm. Since he was given that title, then that ought to be our starting point, our reference point. What is a friend to God? Mm. So the obedience is number one. Ties in with James, how can you demonstrate faith without works? It says that Abraham believed God and then he did something about Mm. it. He obeyed God. He actually did what God wanted him to do. Mm. So faith without works is dead. Yeah, so Marta um, really demonstrated a lot of the same qualities that Abraham exactly, yeah. did in that her belief in him, her obedience to him. But So John fifteen thirteen again, greater love has no one than this, than one lays down his life for his friends. Mm. The qualities that we see in, in uh, our dear friend Marta. Exactly, yeah. You see Marta's love in that, uh, gave up her rights and her interests and her life in a lot of ways because yeah. of her devotion to caring for and looking after Harlan. Yeah. Um, 1 John 3.16, we know love by this, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Mm. I'm thinking of that series we watched recently, the SAS Mm. dudes, and the things that they say, like their friendship, you can see it, you can witness it just, Mm. you know, watching them. Their friendship is absolutely bound for life. Mm. And that's because they all say they've been in the situation where this guy next to me will die for me. Yeah. And they know that also. That's true, yeah. They've been to hell and back. Yeah. And they know that the bloke next to me will give up his life Mm, for me. Bonded by trial. And that's, uh, I mean, that's just a beautiful 
picture again of yeah. the greatest friendship there is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. John fifteen fourteen is uh, obedience. You are my friends if you do what I command. Mm, that comes back to James there. I said, you know, do mm-hmm. is not just hearers. So, you know, uh, Martha carried out Harlan's will. Yes. So she, wasn't, she wasn't just a hearer of the will. She actually did the will. Yes. So in Philippians 2, 4, it says uh, selfless to lay down our life for him. And in that it says, have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus. Now, what was the attitude that was in Christ Jesus? Mm. He emptied himself and he took on the form of a bondservant mm. and he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death. Mm-hmm. And that sort of condenses that verse to bring out the attitudes that was found in Jesus. Mm. Yeah. John 15 also, in Martyr, there was this servant attitude. Yeah. And so there was this place of, you know, where in John 15 it says, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. Mm-hmm. But Martha did. Yes, because he shared it with her. So there was this place of, now I have called you friends Mm. because Martha became his friend. Yes. I tell you all the things that I've heard from my father. I make them known to you. That's right. So it's like there's the deepest ponderances of Harlan's heart, Mm. what he was deliberating on and Mm. and shared those with her openly. Mm. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 5, faithfulness. So faithfulness can be compared to trustworthiness in some ways, but there is a difference. Trustworthiness is basically a, someone who's deserving of trust and therefore proved to be trustworthy, while faithful carries with it a deeper meaning of being loyal or adhering firmly to a person or a cause and therefore demonstrates something deeper. Uh, James 4.4 talks about um, loyalty there. It says, You adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is hostility toward God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. And so this verse conversely implies that friendship with God makes you an enemy of the world. There's a lovely verse in Exodus 33.11 that really reveals the intimacy of a friendship it says thus the lord used to speak to moses face to face just as a man speaks to his friend Mm. doesn't give moses the title of friend like it does for abraham but it kind of gives you the idea that it was a friendship doesn't it anyway and that's right and it also reveals what was in the heart of god exactly yeah that god actually wanted this to take place yeah you know that he might dwell with man yeah and um and what we've seen in the servant series he dwells in in this place exactly. that has been created by God. Yeah, it's intimate called, and it's face to face and there's nobody else there. That's it. Mm. We meet with the Lord in that tent, mm. in the door of that tent. Mm-hmm. In actual fact, we've gone beyond the door. We've been mm. brought into the tent with him mm. and, uh, and we meet with him face to face mm. in that place that he has created mm. and dwells in us and it's called spirit. Mm. And then in John, First uh, John four, it talks about abiding, which is another quality that we have, um, you know, seen in Martha. There's this constancy in her. Yeah. And abiding is the same sort of thing. Mm. It's a constancy or a remaining where she was always there. So in Numbers twelve three highlights a quality that was also seen in Martha, and that's humility. I read a book many years ago by Andrew Murray called Humility, and it's a very good book if you ever get your hands on that. But he basically said in there that all graces grow from the soil of humility. Wow, that's beautiful. So everything comes out of that, you know, kindness, Mm. gentleness, peaceableness, you know, this love, joy, and all of them grow out of that soil. 
And in First uh, Peter 5, it says, Likewise, you, younger, submit yourselves to the elder. All of you subject yourselves one to another and be clothed with humility. Mm. God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Mm. So we're all uh, called to place upon the apron of humility. Mm. And you, when you were talking before, saying that she didn't defend herself. And mm. Isaiah 53, 7, of course, we know this of Christ. He was oppressed, he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearers is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. Mm. And that's a rare quality, I find. Yeah, wow. <laughs> um, that's, that's a Christ quality. Yeah, absolutely Christ quality. <laughs> yeah. Ephesians 4, uh, the other quality was truth. And uh, I think I've mentioned to you before that there was a, literally a physical reaction in her when anything was breaching the truth. Mm. So she was saying something that wasn't quite right, <laughs> not quite entirely true. And, um, and it says in Ephesians 4, therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you mm. speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Mm. Marta was a great example of telling the truth. Yeah. And, uh, and funnily enough, in that movie, the detective, Detective Blanc, um, he knew that he could rely upon her like a lie detector. Exactly. <laughs> so he'd ask her about, you know, is the family doing this? Yeah. Are they, did they say this? He knew that if she reacted yeah. physically to that question. He'd have the right story. He'd have the right story. Exactly. And as you and I have talked about um, looking at shadows and types, he's could be representative of the Holy Spirit in a way mm. because he's advocating. Oh, that's true. Yeah. And he's seeking the truth. Yes, exactly. And he's also not, you know, being partial to anything. He's observing. He's, mm. um, yeah, beautiful, yep. beautiful character played by Daniel Craig. Yes. Uh, exactly. And one last quality that I think is paramount for a friendship to truly be a friendship, mm. and that is enjoyment. Mm. To enjoy one another. We laugh that's together. Very right. I went. To, I took Mum out for lunch the other week, and there was a table of four old ladies sitting together next to us, and they were laughing and laughing and telling all their stories about their dogs and their children and this and that. And my mum just got such a thrill out of it, and so did I, because they were just delighted to be mm. in each other's company, mm. and you could hear that they had history together. Yeah. And yeah, so I think the enjoyment side is is mm. paramount, and we do see that with Harlan and and Marta, absolutely, uh, that they enjoy each other and, and they ha have something special and unique yeah. that's just between them, much to the disappointment of others. The Father and the Son and the Spirit they enjoy one another, mm. and that's evident in uh, John chapter seventeen, where Jesus speaks beautifully. Yeah. And it's one of the most gorgeous parts of our relationship with God is that we can enjoy him and he actually enjoys it when we do. So having looked at the qualities of a friend, mm -hmm. what does it mean for us to be a friend of God? Which is really the point that, mm. of, of this message. Yeah, exactly. Well, a denying of our own life is a requirement for friendship with God. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, Jesus said at the very beginning, uh, Wait a minute, that's that's a big statement. Can you just say that again nice and slowly? <laughs> <clears throat> so a denying of our own life is a requirement for friendship with God. That means where Jesus said, he who would follow after me, deny his life, mm -hmm. let him take up his cross and follow me. Yeah. So if we didn't do that, then the commencement of friendship 
mm. with Christ can't be can't obtained. Be. Yeah. So there's the the following, you know, if you are my friends, if you do what I command, yeah, if you right. keep my commandments. Mm. So in keeping, how do we how do we do that? Well, it says we deny our life. Mm. Um, our life is no longer our own when it comes to following Christ. Yeah. But to become more than just a follower and a servant and to move into friendship mm. is to be found faithful in those yeah. things. For us, to a Christ, the attributes and the qualities of these things to be found in us, mm. for God to find these things. Mm. It says of Moses he was faithful in all God's house, exactly. doesn't it? And yeah. then what is it says about Jesus? Well, he was faithful as well as, as the high priest. Yeah. So, you know, friendship with God means a denial of the demands that our own life enlists mm -hmm. and places obedience to God before or else. anything else, yeah. yeah. So, you know, looking at where Jesus says, you are my friends, if you do what I command, um, well, if we're busy meeting the demands of our own life, then how will we ever find ourselves looking into his interests? Yeah, and that's what the family was like in the movie. Mm. They were too busy meeting all their own demands. Yeah. And looking after their own interests and therefore not looking after Harlan's interests. So yeah. even after his death, Harlan was still speaking because uh, his will was made very clear at the reading. Yeah. And he stated in that specifically what he wanted. Yes. And that was that everything, all of his fortune, the rights to his books and the house was yeah. all to go to Marta. Yeah. And the family actually didn't get anything at all. Yeah. They didn't receive a red razoo. Mm. What I found interesting in that scene with the will being read out in Marta that she wasn't expecting a cent. That's right. She wasn't expecting anything, which takes us back to the parable in Luke 17 mm. with the servant being an, an unprofitable servant. That's right. Yeah. You know, like he doesn't expect to be praised mm. for simply doing his job. Mm. So she didn't expect anything more. She was being paid. Mm. Yeah, she didn't expect to be looked after by the family. No, she was being paid by Harlan to yeah. be his nurse and to be his friend. Mm. And she didn't expect anything beyond that. And mm. I think that's a beautiful point. Yeah. Looking at that servant friendship. Yes. And that humility that you were talking about. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Marta's left in this position of where all of the demands of the family have turned on mm. Marta. Mm -hmm. And there was a moment where at the end where she looks at his portrait, which he'd sort of mentioned previously, and it seems to all come clear to her mm. that this is what Harlan wanted. Yeah. This was his will, that he left all to her. And should she now renege on that and concede to the constant demands of the family mm. and their cry for justice, uh, that now Harlan's will wouldn't be fulfilled. Yeah. She wouldn't actually fulfill his will. Mm. So it was like the moment of clarity yeah. where she looked at him and thought, this is what you wanted. Mm. I'm going to do what you wanted. Yeah. And it wasn't out of self-interest as such. Mm. It was out of fulfilling his will. Exactly. And his desires, his wishes. That's so true because, yeah, that's, I, mean, I think that's very apparent that she's not uh, accepting the inheritance for her own benefit, because mm. she's really uncomfortable with it, mm. isn't she? That's right, yeah. But she's doing it, yeah, to fulfil his will because yeah. she knew it's what his heart was about, what he wanted, and that's why she's doing it. And I guess that's an obedience even in that. So in the, uh, the closing scene, it shows all the family standing in the driveway of the house and Marta standing on the balcony of the house overlooking the events as they take place. And it's like all at once the whole family <laughs> yeah. standing in the driveway all turn around 
and look up. And here's Marta standing on the balcony yeah. with a blanket around her shoulders and with a, with that mug in a hand that was in the opening scene of the movie. <laughs> and your camera zooms up to that mug and it says, my house, my rules, my coffee. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, right. And that's where it ends. Exactly. And so it sort of uh, it closes at that point. It's a real scream. That's awesome. And uh, it also speaks into where God's concerned. It's his rules. You know, it's on his terms. Yeah. Life's got to be on his terms. That's the true mm. friendship because that's what she was responding to. She yeah. was on his terms. This is what he wanted. Yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah that's really right. cool. Um, so all of this begs us to ask, well, how do we become friends of God? You know, mm. we've, so we've looked at all these qualities and, and it's been beautifully revealed in that movie. I don't know if we've portrayed it very well, but if you get to watch the movie, um, just encourage you to really you know, look for more things. And if you see more things, then please put them in the comments for us. We'd love to yeah, read them. That'd be awesome. Also, comments are great because everybody else gets to read them too. Yeah, so we true. all get to share more. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, just a question I think that would arise is, well, how do we get these qualities? Mm. If we're wanting to be friends of God, mm. like Abraham, how do we get these qualities? Mm. And so the conclusion that we've sort of come through in looking into this is that these qualities are formed in us mm. and they're formed in us over time. Yeah. They're formed in us through our hidden history with God. And mm. you can see that in the parallel of Martha and Harlan. They, mm. they had a hidden history yeah. in his study. You know, yeah. they had that intimate relationship that nobody else could see. Mm. And they clearly had something unique and special about their relationship. Nobody else could join in. Mm. So that's formed over time. Yeah. And so it's a really... To have these qualities formed in us is a matter of our being transformed. Mm. It's our character being transformed. So it's, we're not, we don't get these qualities by wanting them. Mm. We don't get them by our will or by our mind or our feelings or emotions. That's not where they come from. They take place in the spirit. And that picture of her turning and looking to the portrait to me was a beautiful picture of beholding. Mm. And that's what we do with the Lord. That's mm. what we've talked about in the Servant series. It's this beholding him in this intimate relationship as Moses with God face to face, mm. as with a friend. Yeah. It's in that place that we, in the spirit, that we are transformed to mind always comes a sunflower as the natural expression that God's created because mm. the sunflower is looking at the sun and it is completely looks like the sun. Yeah, that's true. And uh, so there's this whole... And it follows the sun. It follows the sun, From, its, yeah. from the time it comes up, the, the flower turns and that's right. follows the course of the sun right through the sky. Yeah, like a satellite dish or something. Exactly. It just follows it and moves along. And so there's this beautiful reality there that's revealed to us of what we behold, we become like. Mm. So when we look at Christ... We see all these qualities. Second yeah. Corinthians three eighteen, but we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, mm. just as from the Lord, the Spirit. Yeah. So when we look into Christ, when we behold Christ, we see all of those qualities in Him, and we find that Christ is all those things to God. Yeah. Christ is the loyal one. Mm. Christ is the faithful one. 
Yeah. Christ is the servant one. Yes. He's all of those things to God and he's all of those things to us mm. as well. Yeah. He's faithful to us. He's a servant to us. Mm. He's loyal to us. It's actually, it's Christ the friend living in us that makes us God's friends. That's right. Yeah. Just like it's Christ the servant Mm. in us that makes us God's servant, it's Christ the friend living in us that makes us God's friends. He's the obedient one. He's the righteous one, the faithful one. He's the loyal one. He's the selfless one. He's the servant. He's the abiding one, the constant one, like you said, the one that remains. He's the humble one. He's the true one. In him there is no lies. He's the trustworthy one. He's the devoted one. Yeah. So when I think about this, it just completely turns on its head for me, that old hymn, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. Because mm. I used to always sing that as being about me, about my friend. Mm. <laughs> so the emphasis was on me. What a friend I have in Jesus. Yeah. You know, I can take all my sins and my sorrows to him and it was all about me. But now when I see that ultimately Christ is the friend, mm. now I can sing, what a friend we have in Jesus. Yes, that's right. And it's altogether different. It's like I'm out of the picture. Yeah. It's like, look at this friend. Let's behold this friend. Look at him. He's loyal. He's faithful. He's humble. He's there in the trenches with you. Mm. He lays down his life for you. He is the friend that is closer than a brother. Mm. He's all those scriptures, all those things, all those definitions and qualities that mm. we've looked at today in scripture as well as in the movie. Yes. He's all of those things and more. Yeah, amen. And we cannot just switch on being a friend to God. No, very true. This just all points back to Christ mm. again. That's the faithfulness of that friend that comes through and where he lives now is in us. That's right. He lives in us and there's this our friendship with God is a result of Christ indwelling us. Exactly. And the friend, the friend, mm. is being God's friend is him in us. That's right. This hope yeah. of glory. Yes. And and it's like the work of the Spirit is now transforming and overflowing mm. into our lives. Mm. Out from that place of the Spirit, we're being transformed as in a mirror, looking into Christ, beholding yes. him. We're transformed into that same image. Like the sunflower. Like the sunflower, gazing and beholding and looking into him and getting to know him. And then we do take on mm. the, the characteristics of that friend. Yes. We take on his faithfulness, mm. his trustworthiness, mm. his loyalty, his, you know, all of these things, all of these qualities that we saw in Martha through this movie and mm. all of the qualities that, you know, were in Abraham, mm. all that sort of thing. We are transformed. Mm. Our character is transformed by the Spirit yes. working in us. Yes. You know? Amen. And, mm. it, and that's because he's the servant. Yes. Because it's out of his servantness mm. is these qualities of this loyal, trusted friend mm. to his own father. Yeah, that's right. There's this elevation that goes from servant to friend mm. because Christ in us, working in us and drawing us on and we're walking in agreement with him and continuing to pursue him, the outworking of the spirit in us transforms our our life over time and mm. so there's the development of the characteristics and qualities in that transformational process that takes us 
from knowing him intimately and deeply in our spirit and outworking that. Mm. And there appears in that process the friendship with God by what Christ in us has brought and changed yes. and wrought in us by his spirit. Yes. Yeah, the same qualities, the same character mm. of Christ is formed in us and his nature appears in us. Mm. And so there's this process of transformation. So we go on and grow up. Mm-hmm. So, Amen. Yeah, so we, we desire this, don't we? We desire that Christ would be formed in us, that we might be God's friends. Mm. Yeah. There's a quote by T. Austin Sparks that says, There are many astonishing things in the Bible. Few of them, however, are more so than this, that God should desire a friend. Mm. We would think that of all things, God would be able to get on quite well without having men in that relationship with himself. I say it is an astonishing thought that God, in all his self-sufficiency, his fullness, his creative power, would want a friend. Mm. But here it is, Abraham, my friend, the friend of God. So until next time, everybody, thanks for joining us again on the Ancient Pathways, and we look forward to seeing you again soon. Bye for now. So don't forget to keep the faith And now it feels like coming home And you're the one I've always known To bring me back where I belong This feels like coming home